Well, how are we doing? Good? Good? Man, uh, are you guys ready to talk about sex? Woo! Uh, I feel like every time I get on the stage, Jeremy's like, um, Chris, <clears throat> talk about sex. I'm like, all right, all right. So, um, but man, my name is Chris. If you're brand new, um, man, and we're in this series called How to Ruin Your Life in Five Easy Steps. And so um, I kind of like to cut through the tension. Maybe you're a little bit nervous. Maybe you ask the question, why would we talk about in the church? Is because you thought about it um, every day this week. And so uh, we're, we're just going to talk about it. And so I kind of want to cut through some noise. Um, start off with how to ruin your life with sex. And so I would suggest if you want to ruin your life with sex is to go sex crazy. Right, that's what I suggest. Now, 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 I, I know this is church where you're going, well, I don't, I don't want to ruin my life, Chris. That doesn't seem like a good idea. But there might be a day, there might be a day where you decide, you know what? Pfft, why not? Let's do it. Let's ruin it. Go sex crazy. Okay, so I'm going to give you five steps to get more sex. I'm just kind of start things off. Um, and so um, the very first step, and you might want to get a notepad out in case you want to ruin your life. So number one, um, and these are foolproof plans. So I'm 32. I'm very wise in my old age. So um, <clears throat> I'm just, it's a joke. I'm not old and I don't have much wisdom because I don't have much leisure. So anyway, um, long story short, uh, first step is this, um, is it's more of a mentality. Um, it's more of a thought process where um, um, I, uh, the started off first step to get more sex is probably you should listen to it rather than me say it because it's um, this. Show it, show it, show it. I'm sexy and I know it. Right? Come on, come on. Like, if you want first step to get more sex, I'm tell you, you gotta be confident. Come on, now, we all know. We all, you gotta be confident. If you want more sex, um, you've got to be confident. You gotta be sexy, you know. That means, look, if, if you don't, if you gotta work out, work out, right? I mean, you, you gotta work that stuff. Um, that means you might have to diet. You gotta figure that thing out. Remember, it's all about the external. That's number one, key. I mean, you gotta have a confidence about yourself that I am sexy, and you know. That means if you got it, look, girl, flaunt it. It's just, just the way it is. Like, you gotta work the way God gave you. It's just how it is. Um, second step, um, because, and this is where it starts to get serious, okay? Um, second step to getting more sex is once you realize it's a mentality, I'm sexy, I know it, and you start carrying yourself with a persona. Um, the second thing is, I think, practice makes perfect, and I think this song kind of helps us see step two would be you have Working to on a night work on your night moves. Come on now. Who's the Seeger fans in the house? Right? Um, you got to get rid of them awkward teenage blues. Amen? Right? Uh, and as I suggest, that means, look, go sex crazy. You want to ruin your life, go sex crazy. I mean, have sex as often as you can with whoever you can, um, as much as you can um, at home. Like, you don't have to be with a human anymore. Look, go grab a computer. It's awesome. Um, and just look, 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 look. If you, you got to get rid of the awkwardness. You, if you want to know how to do it, look, no better way than watching the pros. Okay? Um, so that's uh, how you ruin your life. So third step is this. Is so once you you start moving these thoughts. So once you get rid of the awkwardness, you're working on your night moves, you're sexy, you know what, you're carrying yourself, right? There's going to be that moment where you meet the guy, you meet the girl, um, you meet the guy and girl, look, go for broke, get them all at once, you know? Um, and just move that stuff. But look, 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 don't think about tomorrow. Just live in the moment with this song. You only get one shot, right? Your chance to blow the opportunity, because look, 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 hey, you got to take what you can get. You want to ruin your life, right? You got to take your opportunities, because it's once in a lifetime. It's a great, great thing. And then, and then, now, 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 step four is where it gets serious, um, because step five, at this point, it's leading you to the moment. Now the moment's happened. Um, things are happening. And look, we all know, we all know, relationships are bad. If you want more sex, relationships are not the way to do it. Um, married, we all know married people don't have as much sex as single people <clears throat> Uh, anyway, it's a myth, but anyway, it's not to ruin your life, so believe that. Um, and so anyway, what you do is, look, once that happens, once they get locked in, there's going to be emotions, you're going to get that clingy girl, that clingy guy that just want to cuddle and all that. Look, you got to cut that stuff. You got to get in and get out, and this is the next song that you want to roll with. Right? Right? Come on now, because you're just a player in a game for two, Right? Straight up, you please her, she please you. Get out, get in, get out, get in, get out. Um, now, now, again, this is how to ruin your life. The five easy steps to get more sex. And you got to read, bye, 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 get in, get out, um, move on with life. And then this last one, um, this is the surefire way because, again, we all know sex is sticky. Um, there's emotions, there's emotional baggage. And then, look, you're, you're going to have the tendency. You're going to have the tendency to stop. Look, look, stick with it. This is how to ruin your life. 
life, this is it. Where I'm telling you, you're going to have emotion, you're going to feel down, you're going to feel like, man, I don't know if I can go on. Where you got to stay focused, you got to figure this thing out. And look, 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 fifth step, and make sure you ruin your life. Fifth way is look, you just shake it off. You know, because players, hey, they're going to hate, right? And the haters going to hate. Um, and, and so, but here's the hitting. So, so obviously, okay, so I just want to kind of start off funny. Um, but obviously, like, uh, we, I hope you know, if you're brand new, you're like, what has happened? Um, I'm sorry. You didn't have no clue you were asking for this. But basically, you obviously know we're being obviously sarcastic, obviously joking. Where, um, but it is thing, like, there's tension where we got to start off and laugh because the reality is, is sex Okay, ruining your life with sex, going sex crazy is a very, very, very serious thing. I mean, kind of to get things going here, I kind of want to know, like, the crowd I'm speaking to, because whether you're married or unmarried, sex is something, like I said, man, we've all thought about this week. And so, um, real quick, let me just see a raise of hands. Who are the married people in the room? Raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, all right, yeah, look at you guys, a lot of married people, very happy. Um, so you obviously knew I was lying that single people have more sex than married people, right? I'm, I'm married, and it's not true. Um, so anyway, that's lie number one. So number two, um, where are my single people? at. Raise your hand. Yeah, proud and high. Look at this. Look at, now, 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 keep them up. Look around. I mean, just try up Christian Mingle in church. In church. This is great. You even got to pay a monthly fee. Like, you just look around, okay? Um, okay, put them down. Uh, but anyway, so here's the thing. Now, now, another question, whether you're single or married, everyone participate. How many of you guys, how many of you guys, single, married, doesn't matter, would want to ruin your life and go sex crazy? Yeah, like you ask that question in middle school, they all, <laughs> you know, they, it's just, that's how they are. I mean, like I said, no one raised their hand. But here's what's fascinating to me, where here's what's crazy, is that statistically speaking, is that most of us, we all sit in a room and say, yeah, I don't want to ruin my life over this. But here's what's crazy, statistically, is over half of us will have to deal with some kind of sexual baggage. Really, these statistics we found, where this is absolutely crazy, where literally, at any given moment in America, there are 40 million Americans involved and sex on the internet. Isn't that crazy? Keep going to the next one where thir- the, and the sex is the number one searched topic on the internet. How crazy is that? Go to this, this next one will blow your mind. 13 to 20% of all people, men and women, are accessing the internet for sex at work. How crazy is that? Um, and then dive into probably what's touched most of our lives more than anything. And let's talk about marriage and sexual unfaithfulness. Um, affairs, like we, we don't need to put a statistic up there for us to realize the magnitude of that. Because here's what I'm willing to bet is that all of us, all of us understand the, the craziness that has happened inside of marriages, the shredding, the ripping apart that sexuality has inside of marriage, right? Like we've all been affected by it. Like maybe it was an uncle, maybe it was an aunt, maybe it was a brother, a sister, a friend, a best friend, it doesn't matter. But here's what I know is that all of us know some marriage that was shattered, their life was shattered, their kids were shattered, their life was ruined. Because someone in the relationship went sex crazy. Now here's the question. As we sit in a room like this and we ask, like no one said, I want to ruin my life. But the question is, is how does it happen? Right? Like if them statistics are true, and I know they're just statistics, but if just look at the, our lives and how we've seen people's life get ripped apart, how does it happen? And here's how it happens. You want to know how someone goes sex crazy? You want to know how someone ruins their life sexually? It's simply this, just one step, one small step at a time. And this makes sense, because if you think about it, like no one wakes up and is like, man, I would love to just ruin my life. Right? You, like you don't wake up and say that. Like there's no guy that woke up today and was like, you know what? I would love a strange dude to raise my kids. Hello. Right? Like that, that would, that would, that's not what happens. Right, there's no woman in here who wakes up and is like, you know, I would love to just go outside of my marriage and just embarrass my husband. That that would be great. Like, let's do that. Let's let's nail that one down. Can we get that in writing? Like, no, no one does that. Like, no teenager decides. You know what? Um, it's Saturday. Let's go get an STD. Just great, great idea. You know, let's go. He's got pregnant. Hey, baby. Hello. Like, I got mommy and daddy's insurance. Thank you, Obama. We're gonna be on that till I'm 26. Get a kid now. We gotta get that. Um, that that doesn't happen, right? Like, we all get this mentality, but why, right? How does it happen that we all end up so messed up in this? There's this ruin in our lives. I'm telling you, it's not because we land and ruin our lives all at one time, 
But it happens little bit by little bit by little bit, one small step, one small step, where we literally start to think about it. We start to take next steps and we start to sing about it. And we go, well, the songs don't swear. It's just Taylor Swift is fine. But one step to another step to another step to another step, and next thing you know, we're in places we never wanted to be because I'm telling you, the way people ruin their life sexually is not all at once. You don't wake up and just snap. Listen to me. It's one small step after another small step after another small step, and small steps lead to bigger steps that put you in places that literally ruin your life. And so for us, what I want us to do today is I just want us to see how this works itself out. So if you have your Bibles, we're gonna go under the book called Judges. Now, Judges is an Old Testament book, and so if you can't find it, we're gonna put everything up on the screen for you, totally fine. Um, but we're gonna talk about a man named Samson. Now, if you're new to church, new to the Bible, maybe you don't know who Samson is, totally fine. But Samson basically was a guy called by God to do great things by God and literally ruined his life over sex. Um, we're straight up. Let me kind of give you a background of who Samson was. Samson was number one was a miraculous birth. Like straight up, like his parents were too old. Like they never had kids. They were too old to have kids at a time. And bam, an angel showed up. Think about it. Like all of a sudden you're old. You're like winding down your years. And then, hey, you're gonna have a baby. Okay, like I don't know if you have kids, but that sounds like hell, not a heaven. Okay, like, like chasing around a two-year-old while they disobey you all the time and you're 80, probably not the best idea. But for them, they loved it. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not bitter about my kids, but um, for us, they, they, they thought it was a great idea. So 80 years old, had a miraculous baby named Samson. God said, the angels told, said and told them that they were gonna dedicate this guy to God. And what that meant that he was gonna take a Nazarene vow. Now, if you know what a Nazarene vow is, really important that there's three things basically that encompasses where there's three thoughts, three main things that you would do externally to show your inward commitment to God. Now, the three things were one, don't touch dead people, right? All nailed that, got that one. Um, two, don't shave your head. Okay, and again, the purpose of this was to show the inward commitment on an external appearance. Does that make sense? So, uh, but basically, it was a very, very real thing. Don't shave your head. And the last thing, don't drink alcohol, which just, just while we're here, okay, it's in the text, it's not a vow, meaning if you are here and you drink, socially drink, whatever, um, I would highly suggest asking yourself, is that something that directly connects you to God better? Okay, it's just in the text, just a question, all I'm saying, because it seems like these guys um, disregard it and put it away to connect more to God. So that's for you to wrestle with, it's about sex, so come back to Samson. So Samson has these three things that he's doing, right? But what he does is he's called by God, and the point of this was he was going to be a judge over Israel, meaning that they were at war with these people group called the Philistines, and Samson was going to rule and reign. Samson was going to keep his people on the straight and narrow path. Samson had great plans for his life, and Samson derailed himself, and it didn't happen all at once, but just one small step at a time. And so we're just going to walk through the steps Samson took and just watch how our lives relate to that. And so the first step that Samson done that takes him away is he rejects God's wisdom. I think the first step that, to going sex crazy, the first step to ruining your life in the world of sex is you start to reject God's wisdom. We well, Check this out. We're just going to jump in in Judges 14, verse 1, where it says this, Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. Okay, remember, the Philistines were their enemies, okay? When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now, get her for me as my wife. Now, call a time out because there's a couple of issues with this, okay? We're number one, attitude, okay? Like, get her for me, okay? That's, that's a whole nother, probably a bad idea. Secondly, is he left his hometown and went to Timnah. Timnah was in Philistine territory. Again, these are their enemies, Right? And then secondly, the other problem with he says, look, get this woman as my wife. The other problem with that was God said specifically, do not marry Philistine women. Right? And then the question, well, why is that? Right? It has nothing to do with race, but everything to do with faith. Right? Where God knew that, look, if you intermarry, if you start to date, if you start to have relationships with people that don't think like you, don't believe like you, don't have faith like you, then what you got to understand is that God's speaking, saying don't go there because he knew, he knew. You marry someone that doesn't believe in God, then you will turn your heart from God as well. Which means, single people, do not date a non-Christian. Period. Okay? 
Not, and, and I know, and I know, we, we go, man, but, but come on. And, and I understand there's a wrestling there. But understand, God warns us and says, look, don't date a non-Christian because non-Christian, people that don't faith like you, they turn you from God. Right, and I understand the problem, you know, I mean, there's girls here that are like, oh, but, but, but I'm so lonely, and this is the last guy on this train, and, and if I don't date him, if I don't have him, then I'm going to be riding this lonely train for the rest of my life. Well, look, 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 it's better to do that than in a place you didn't want to be. Right, guys, you'll push back and be like, dude, she's, she's so hot, bro. And so is hell. <laughs> okay, right, we're on the same page. We don't want to go there. And so Samson, he understands these things. He understands God's saying not to do them. God warns him, and his parents, when you read the next couple verses, his parents are like, Samson, look, don't you know someone that believes like you? Don't you know someone that has faith like you? Don't you know, Samson, someone that is where you're at? And Samson basically disregards his parents' warning, disregards God's warning, and look at the next verse, it's crazy. He says this, but Samson said to his father, after the warnings, he said, get her for me. She's the right one for me. Isn't that a single line? That's a single, but she's the one. How do you know? <laughs> right? I mean, think about it. That's such a line because what happens, and don't miss this, Samson knew the commands. He knew the warnings. But look, he ended up long-term ruining his life, and it didn't start because he woke up and said, you know what? I want to ruin my life. You know what he said? He started to look. He started to say she's pretty. He started to take a next step and a next step and a next step, and before you know it, he started rejecting God's warnings. And for us, it's the same thing. Want to know how we start into having sexual problems and tensions in our lives? We start to reject God's warnings, right? Like, we know, we know, like God says, don't date a non-Christian. We have excuses, Right? We, we will literally know where God will say, like, look, don't be alone with the opposite sex. Like, there are warnings. There are reasons for that. Right? But there are things, times in our lives where we look at God, just like Samson did, and we'll push back on those warnings. But God, I'm fine. God, I'll save him. I'll save her. Right? Like, God, I can handle the workplace. I know that we're working on a project together. We're going to be after hours, all alone, together, all the time. But God, God, I know she makes me feel a certain way, and it's not my wife. But God, I got this. God, don't worry. I know your warnings, but I got this. And that it starts to take us down a road where we start to take next step after next step after next step after next step. And that's why, look, we've got to come back today to the warnings God gives us about sexuality. That if you keep walking away from God, if you keep rejecting his warnings, pushing him out of your life, saying, God, I don't want to live life with you. I want to keep you at a distance. God, stay out of my life. Listen to me. That's the beginning. That's the journey that lands you in the place where you ruin your life. And it's not just this life, but it's in the next as well. Where look what Jesus said, and this is straight Jesus, where this, this gets crazy what Jesus says about the subject and warnings Jesus gives about sexuality. Where it says this in Matthew 5, 27, where he says this, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. And what's adultery? It's sex outside of marriage. Translation, you don't have to be married to have sex outside of marriage, right? So Jesus is like, look, no sex out of marriage. But then secondly, he says this, but I say to you, but everyone who looks at a woman lustfully with a lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And everyone goes, oh, shoot. Right? Right? We're like, wow, that's abrasive. But then look at this. Look at this. Jesus says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. Here's the warning. For it is better. It is better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. Keep going. If your right hand, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body thrown into where? Hell. Think about that. Jesus' warnings about what happens to us when we start handling sex outside of marriage. And what does that mean? Marriage, in God's eyes, is one man, one woman for a lifetime commitment. He's saying whenever you handle sex outside of that, it takes you down a road where you separate yourself from God, you walk away from God, and eventually it places you in torment. It places you in burning sulfur. It places you in a place in eternity called hell that you can't get out of. Understand the weight and the depravity where understand God's only giving you what he asked. 
You asked for a life away from God here and chose sex over God. And God says, fine, but if you do that now, it's going to happen later. Understand, God's warnings about walking away from him is literally so heavy that it has to do with heaven and hell eternity. We've got to feel that weight today. And it's not that God's against sex. Oh my gosh, come back into this. God created sex. All the nerve endings, all the feelings. God was like, ding dong, great idea. And I go, whoa, praise Jesus. Right? Because God's not against sex. He wants you to have sex, but he wants you to handle it in a way that won't hurt you. And that's where you understand the warnings come from a loving God that wants the very best for you. And when we go outside of the way God teaches us, look at we ruin our life one step at a time. And the reason the warnings are so big, the reason it's a heaven and hell concept is because God loves you too much to be trapped in a moment where you ruin your life and end up in a place you never wanted to be. And I know we start pushing back against that. And we're like, wow, well, I don't, that starts to make me kind of fear that God if he's going to put that much weight on me. But I think fearing God is a good thing. Yeah. Fearing God stops you from making incredibly dumb choices. Like for me, for me, where, where this becomes absolutely crystal clear true is where I really started seeing that when I started reflecting on my life. You know what stopped me from making unbelievably terrible choices? My dad. Like my dad put the fear of God in me, okay? Because in my house, there was two rules basically, where it's basically, well, number one, you couldn't have earrings. Um, number two, you couldn't come home drunk, okay? That, that was basically the two house rules. Um, and so when I was 12 and in all my um, wisdom, again, because I never would go against my dad, I, I knew I was gonna be called to be a pastor at 12. And so I never messed up, never sinned. It was, I had a perfect le- <clears throat> Um, I just decided, um, you know, I'm going to go get an earring, okay? And so I just decided that. Um, but then I, we kind of got to the place. And you know when, when you're like going to make a move, you know, direct disobedience to mom and dad. You know, you know, you remember this when you were a kid. Um, you know your heart would race. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, go, 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 is this going to happen? You know, and you feel the metal and you're like, oh, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Um, well, for me, I, I wussed out. I, I was like, forget that. And so I went and got magnetic earrings, okay? Because I, I was like, you know what? You know what? Let's just see how he reacts. If he doesn't get that man, if I just get grounded for a week, it'll be worth it. And I'll get real ones, right? Um, and so literally, I came home um, and literally had these magnetic earrings in my ear. Um, and, and I went home and what was funny is that there was this big rule and then my dad didn't notice right away. You know what I'm talking about? So like I'm walking around the house and I'm like, hey, dad, hey. Hey, Dad! Dad! You know, and I just, I'm drawing, I got cups on my ears. Look, Dad, look at my ears, you know? Um, and he didn't want to notice. And then there was this moment, there was this moment where he was like across the foyer from me and he caught them. And literally, he looked, what's in your ear? He, in a moment, just, boom, grabbed my ear, grabbed the earring, threw it on the ground, was like, Sue, take your son to the hospital and get stitched up. And I was like, thank God they're fake. You know, I mean, I, just, I, I didn't even know. You know, I mean, you're te- I was 12, right? I mean, I was terrified. But here's what's crazy. That, that message put fear into me so much so over the next message when, I was, when things ratcheted up to things that mattered, right? You know, I got to be 18, 19 years old. He was like, look, you come home drunk, I'm busting your teeth in. I was just like, well, he ripped an earring out. He'll probably knock my teeth in. You know what I mean? But don't miss this and don't miss the illustration. Please don't miss the truth. Why was my dad so fierce with that warning? Why was my dad so big on that warning? Because he knew alcohol would ruin my life. He knew that. He knew that at 18, 19, look, you're getting hammered. You're having sex. Everything starts to funnel into that where I'd have regrets. I would have a wasted life. And he didn't want me to waste it. A loving dad, loving, put a huge warning to get me to do the things that were best for me. Listen, listen, it's the same with God. God is a loving God where, you know what? He doesn't want you to wreck your life. He wants you to have a great life. He wants you to have a great marriage. He wants you to have a great family. He doesn't want you to have to look your spouse in the eyes one day and you're, when you're married and stuff, you have to tell him about your sexual baggage. God wants you to have the very best life you can and with sex, but it only happens when we realize the problems that we can have when we handle outside of his will. Does that make sense? And that's where Samson did not get this. Because again, what we do is we're like, I can handle this, right? And that was Samson's biggest problem. Where if you were in chapter 14, if you track through 14 and 15, Samson was a wrecking ball. 
Seriously, like, like, like basically they were always at war with the Philistines and so Samson, they would attack him and he would, with a thousand men, he would grab a donkey jawbone, okay? I'm not even sure. And he would pistol whip a thousand men and kill them all. Okay, like, I, I don't even know what that looks like. He's just like, oh, give me, hey, a thousand guys are charging me. Give me a donkey bone. Wham! You know, I just, I don't even get that. You know, a lion jumps out at him and he just rips it apart, the Bible tells us. And he had a sense of pride about him that said, you know what, God, I know what your warnings are, but do you know who I am? I got this. I got it under control. And it was this one small step of disregarding God's warnings that took him to the next step. And the next step is simply this, is that he steps into temptation. But for us, I'm telling you, if you want to wreck your life and go sex crazy, the first step is you reject God's warnings. But the second thing we start to do is we deliberately walk into temptation, which I know sounds crazy, but come back to Samson. Just watch this. This is crazy what Samson starts to do where he says this. It says, sometime later in verse 16, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. And I don't know why I say it like that, but I just, I want to sing a song about her, I guess, and so, or, or breathe really heavy when I say it. So anyway, but she met Delilah. Um, the rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Now time out and think about what's happening here. Because Delilah, he meets another woman from his enemies. He has this craving for her. Again, she doesn't have faith like him. She doesn't believe like him. But he has this craving and he walks away from God's warnings the next time. Where the second time, think about this. He deliberately leaves his home and he deliberately walks into enemy territory. He walks into the enemy grounds. He literally puts the temptation all around him. And I'm telling you, so many of us when it comes to sex do the exact same thing. Where God will warn us what to do, yet we'll push back on God and we'll start to directly walk into temptation. Like I said, at work, we'll start to flirt with the girl that makes us give us the butterflies. We, we, will, we will start to walk into places, movie theaters, and start watching things, bringing them into our house that we know we shouldn't be watching. Heck, we have things in our pockets that we've invited the enemy into our lives when it comes to sex. And what we got to understand is that is the most dangerous place to be. And so let me press down on this a little harder since we're here. Because it's not that the internet is that bad but it's the fact that the internet has the potential to ruin our lives in our pockets. And that's where, listen to me, if you have an electronic device in your home, listen to me, in your home, meaning a phone, an iPad, some other kind of Android thing that won't work anyway, but it could probably compare you to a picture, um, or, or a computer, and it doesn't have a porn blocker on it, you are not smart. You're just not. And the reason why isn't because you're a pervert. It's because the internet is perverted. Like straight up, the other day, let me just tell you a story. Absolutely true story. Where for me, my two-year-old got into a mess the other day with our iPad. Okay, straight up. Like, let me just tell you how it happened. The other day, we were watching the X Games, BMX, you know? And he loved it. He was just like, wow. And he's watching him flip. And he's like, bike, bike, bike. And so I go get him his tricycle. Um, and he's just like, dad, watch. And he just falls over. Ah! You know, and he thinks he's doing what they did on TV. And I'm like, uh... Yeah, son, you know, uh, it just, it's one of those things. Um, but here's the thing, then, then what happened is obviously X Games were over. And like any two-year-old, he's like, I want to watch it again, 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 again. And so long story short, I get my iPad out, jump on YouTube, and we start watching BMX X Games, right? Can't we hear? Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, right? And so we're watching it, watching, watching. I walk away for five minutes. Five minutes. And you know that little side screen on YouTube that suggested videos, right? Here's what's crazy. BMX X Games linked to motocross X Games, which is motorcycles. The motocross linked to do the speed racing motorcycles. The speed racing motorcycles linked to the Harley motorcycles. And next thing you know, I look over, my son, the whole suggested column was 
motorcycles with motorcycle babes half naked all down the line. Literally, five minutes. And my wife walked over, me and him were just like, uh, 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 you know, and it, wham, you know, she, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I, I, and then you're just going like, how in the world did that happen? Well, one small step after another small step after another small step where we invite the enemy and we walk into his territory, right? Like maybe it looks like this for you, where you look at and your next steps look like this. You flirt, you flirt, you flirt, and then you get home and you click and you click and Facebook has them little ads, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you kind of click that and all of a sudden click, 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 bam, you know, and it's there. Maybe, maybe it looks like this. You're the guy, and you start going, man, she looking good. Hey, girl. You like this? Huh? You know, you drop something. Oh, you know, I, which girls don't care about that, just so you know, guys. Um, but then, then guys get this, what I call the bro strut, um, where, where, you know, they, they start, a girl actually looks at them back, and it's not because they're liking their rear end. It's just they're going, wow, you are very, very slow. Um, this is not good. Um, but what happens is they start getting the, the bro strut where they're just like, hey, girl. You know where the weight room is? You know, you know what I mean? And then what happens is she smiles. You say, excuse me, and maybe rub your chest against her. Then maybe you see her again and you just squeeze her shoulders a little bit to move her out of the way. And then next thing you know, you're texting. There's phone calls. There's hotels. And you're having to sit your kids down and explain to them, dad's not coming home. How'd that happen? One small step at a time took you to a place you never wanted to go. Let's talk to the women. We're just picking on guys on sex talks, so let me get the women. Here's what your small steps might look like. It's just a book. It's just a second edition of a book. It's just a third it's just a gray book, gray area. It's just a movie. It's just a fantasy. It's just with my husband at the movies. It's good for my marriage. It takes every ounce of me to be here right now. Because 50 shades of gray. I don't want to come back up here after last. I lost it last service. 50 shades of gray will ruin more marriages than anything else you take your husband to. It's the beginning of the end. Because your husband has to watch another girl completely naked to make your life better, make your marriage better. Do you understand the problems with that? And we embrace it as if this isn't going to do anything to us. And the problem is, is we don't realize that it's taken us on a journey that leads us to a place where our husbands don't no longer look at our wives as the object of our affections. We have to look at other women as their objects and it puts you in a hole where you have to now perform like her. You have to be beat like her. You have to look like her. You have to lose weight like her. You have to be the perfect person to be his perfect standard when I'm telling you, it's ruining your life. I'm telling you, like everything in me wants to grab people and go, what are you thinking? You're on a journey away from the heart of God. It's taking you to places, and you're taking your family to places, inviting the enemy into your territory where you know what the enemy wants for you. He wants to shred you. He wants to ruin you. He wants to ruin your kids. He wants to abuse your kids so that that testimony can be your kids. And we all praise and clap that he met Jesus. But you know the torture he went through? He didn't have to if he wasn't abused. And parents, what are you letting into your house? What are you walking into going, well, it's just a fan, it's just a book, it's just this, it's just good for me, it's not about you. We gotta understand the magnitude of what these things are. 
Because what's so scary, come back to Samson, he walked these roads where he welcomed the enemy into his territory. He welcomed the enemy into his life. And the next thing you know, his next step was ruining his life because his third step he took was he became callous towards God. So he's one of the scariest places in the world. And when you start embracing sexual sin into your life, it's the beginning of the end where you become blind to your own sin and you don't realize that you become callous towards God. Where watch with Samson, just read his story. Where he's at Delilah, Delilah decides, I'm going to take the money, I'm going to mess Samson up. And watch what happens. It says, so Delilah said to Samson, tell me a secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. So what she's saying, she's like, look, tell me what's going to happen. Tell me how. And so you can imagine the scene. He's so sexually infatuated with her. She was probably looking all good, probably looking all sexy. They were probably in a room. They were probably, all this was happening, and she's trying to woo him and ruin him. And we don't have time to read the whole entire story, but what happens is four different times she messes him up. Where basically what starts to happen is, number one, he starts to share with her. He goes, okay, here's what's going to happen. If you just tie me up with uh, seven uh, uh, ropes, okay, um, your Bible will say thongs. Um, I, I prefer ropes because when I think thong, I think um, <clears throat> sandals. And so, uh, so I just think that'd be weird to tie someone up with sandals. So uh, for me, I just go with ropes. So if you take seven ropes and tie me up, then I'll be as weak as any other man. She plans an attack. The Philistines come in. He's tied up. And basically, she basically says, hey, the Philistines are upon you. He snaps the cords, kills all the Philistines. She gets mad. She's like, oh my gosh, you lied to me. He's like, okay, I'm sorry. If you take fresh ropes... Right? If you take fresh ropes, then tie me up, I'll become as weak as any other man. So she does that. I don't know how. He becomes blind to his own stupidity, and he starts getting tied up by her again. Um, she invites all the Philistines in. They come in. She's like, okay, the Philistines are upon you. They're going to kill you. Snap, breaks the ropes, kills all the Philistines. Third time, she comes in, and she's just like, hey, hey, Samson, tell me exactly what it is. And you can believe she's probably whining. She's probably crying. Come on, tell me. If you want it, tell me. And so he's like, all right, all right. If you, if you weave my hair together. And so if you remember the Nazarite vow, remember? Remember, he couldn't shave his head. So you notice he went from hands to head. So he's starting to get closer. She weaves his hair together. Philistines come in. Hey, the Philistines are upon you. Wakes up, rips out of bed, smashes all the Philistines. And at this point, we all go, Samson, you're dumb. Like, run, right? Like, she's trying to kill you over and over and over again. But I'm telling you, he became so callous towards God. He became so lost in his own sin that there's a fourth time that gets him, and it says this. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. Can you imagine that? So he told her everything. No razor had ever been used on his head because I have, a mat, I, I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you for a fourth time. And you would have thought it would have never got to this. You would have thought Samson would have never went down these roads. But he awoke from his sleep and thought, and look at this, I'll go out and before and shake myself free. And then this next verse is one of the scariest verses in the whole Bible. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. How, how crazy is that? He was so blinded and had taken so many steps away from God. He didn't even know that God had left him. And finish the text. 
Where it says this, then the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes, took him down to Gaza, binding him with the bronze shackles. They set him to the grinding and the grain in the prison. It's a hard, hard story. But it starts with one small step, one small step. Samson never woke up and was like, I hope that my enemies crush me. I hope my eyes get gouged out. I hope I end up in shackles. Being a slave. But it was one small step after one small step after one more small step. And so with all sincerity, the question we have to land on is what steps are you taking away from God? Because no one wakes up and says, I just want to go sex crazy. No one wakes up and just says, hey, I want to ruin my life today. It's one small step after one small step after one small step. So what is that? I mean, it might be, you might be here and you're a believer and you, you've been saved a really long time. And for you, it might be something simple. Uh, maybe it's, um, you just don't read your Bible at night anymore. Um, you know, you kind of just are tuning out, relaxing, and watching TV. It's one small step, one small step. Because it's funny how something small like not reading your Bible, something that's godly can turn into Jimmy Fallon, Conan, getting on Netflix, watching Orange is the New Black, sliding into your bed with your wife, or your husband for that matter, hiding the shame. What ways are you walking away from God? Maybe it's you're just starting to entertain sexual thoughts again. You're not fighting them anymore. You're not killing them. But it's lustful heart that's rising up in you. Where you used to fight, but now you're kind of giving way and you're just kind of lost the battle. That's one small step, one small step. I'm telling you, it can ruin your life. Where you become addicted to pornography and you lose all sense of intimacy with anyone. Maybe you're here and you're living with someone you're not married to. Listen to me, honey. That's not your dream. No little girl dreams that. No one. How'd you get there? How'd you get to think that this is just normal life? One small step to one small step to one small step to where now you think it's normal to live with someone not your wife not your husband, and playhouse. And so look, I don't know where you're at, but what ways are you walking away from God? What are those? We're going to nail those down. Because when we start to identify those, here's what I know, is it starts to bring us back to the place where we need to be. Because here, here's, here's the hope. Right, because here, here's a message like this. You see John come out and start playing the music, and you're like, wow, this message is going to land terrible because we're all going to go out here and feel guilty. Like, that's me. I get it. Um, for me, I, I, I feel like when I, when I write messages like that, man, I wrestle so much in my heart. Like, I feel like I'm always one small step away from wrecking things because I know my heart. I know the wickedness of my soul. And so here's what I know is that no one feels like, oh, nailed this. I'm good. Right? Like there's tension because we all go, man, we've all messed up. We all have taken steps away from God. And we go, where's the hope, right? And that's where I love Samson's story, where I love the Bible, man. Come back to what we were just reading, where understand where Samson was at, right? He had totally disregarded God. He totally went against his vows to God. Remember, he allowed a girl to come into his life. He gave into her sexually. She shaved his head, right? And they took him, they gouged out his eyes, he went down to God's, he became a slave, binding with bronze shackles. Think about that. 
That's right where he's living. They set him to the grinding of the grain. And look at this, butt. And I love that. One of these days I'm going to do a sermon series called I Like Big Butts. Because that's a big butt and it's a huge butt. Because what's it say? But the hair. The hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. His hair began to grow back. Want to know why that verse is in the Bible? Because it teaches us about God's grace and God's love all in one verse. Where no matter where you're at, you can be on your 10,000th step away from God. You can be taking your first step away from God. Here is what I know is that God's grace still grows. God never leaves you. You can walk away from God, but God never walks away from you, and you can shave your head, you can shave your head, you can compromise, 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 have sexual thing after sexual thing. You can ruin your life. But God, through Christ, grows your hair back, puts you back in the place put you back in his love. Where scripture teaches us in Romans 9, 8 and 8, 1, that therefore there is no condemnation. I mean, all the hell stuff Jesus taught about, look, you meet Jesus, you turn, you stop walking away, and in a moment you turn, no condemnation, no hell, no more guilt, no more shame, because you are redeemed through the blood, through the cross, through Jesus. That's what we got to understand. So much so, Samson, Samson, he may have messed up, but he ended well. Want to know how we know? Because we go, well, hold on, hold on. He didn't have eyes, but he still ended well. You know what? He made huge mistakes. But if you track over to Hebrews, he's in the hall of faith. If you don't know what that is, it's basically this one chapter in Hebrews chapter 11 where God's lining up all the greatest men that's ever lived. You got guys like Moses, amazing guy. You got guys like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Adam, all these guys that literally have amazing faith. So we go, they were perfect. I'm an imperfect person that struggles sexually. Well, in the same hall of faith with Moses, with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob, is Samson. Because of Jesus. And it can be you too. Because the hair is going to grow back. And what that means, listen to me, men. Every day it's a battle. Every day. Every day. And it's not because you're a pervert. It's because we live in a perverted world. Every day. I want you, every time you look in the mirror and shave your face, you know God's grace is every day. Every day. Every day. Every day, because what you shave always grows back where you might stumble, but God's grace always grows you back. Ladies, ladies, every time you shave your legs, okay, and again, I don't, I don't get that whole thing. I'm not a woman. Just track, work with me, okay? So I, it might not be the perfect illustration, but um, every time you shave your legs, every day, every day, maybe your armpits, I don't know. Um, every day, God's grace because the secret to a message like this is not to beat yourself up. You can walk out of here and feel like a piece of junk, damaged goods. Or you can look up and worship Jesus through his grace. And that's what message I want where the warnings are real because God wants you to have the best life. But the same point, man, he's a good God. That says there is no condemnation. And the moment you turn, it just takes one step to wham, paradise. And that's where we live as a church. Where we're not a perfect church. If you're looking for that, you're looking at the wrong guy in the wrong place. But we're a church that adores and loves Jesus. Amen. Because much that's been... Those who have been forgiven much, love much, and that's what I want, is to paint our depravity and our sin in such a big picture that we get a huge picture of Jesus. And so let's pray, and let's go from here. And so as we bow our heads, here's what I know, is that all that's true, but there are moments we need to take next steps. Like Greg was saying earlier, we're a next steps church. We want you to take next steps. And there are moments where there are some of us that we need to weed through some of the mess, right? Like addictions are real consequences are real. Um, some of us might need to smash our phones, need to um, get with someone in a, a community, some kind of accountability partner. Maybe you just need to confess some sin to someone to understand how you're going to work through your marriage. 
Um, Luke, we want to be a church. Um, so what that means is uh, I'm going to pray for you guys, but then over to your right, my left, man, we're going to have a prayer team ready to just pray with you guys. Um, take next steps. If your marriage is in trouble, listen to me. Call our office. Email our office, office at metrocitychurch.tv. Look, we will give you counseling for free. Look, we want to be a church that brings us to Jesus and that helps us in a society that's so messed up because you don't have to ruin your life, but you have to take next steps with God. You have to, and that's what we want to push us to. And so Jesus, God, right now I just ask that you be God in this place. God, I really do believe with all my heart that those who have been forgiven much love much. And so God, let us feel the weight of our sexual sin. Let us understand what happens in those moments. But God, let us not forgive your grace. God, let us be a place that we see who we really are so we can love you for who you really are. God, that you're a big God. You're a huge God. You're an awesome God. You're a gracious, loving, mighty, holy God that no matter how many times we've screwed up, God, you take us and put us back on the right road. God, you redeem us. You forgive us. You wash us and give us purity again. And so God, right now, I pray that you're God in this moment, meaning you speak to our hearts. God, if the hearts that are hardened, God, I pray that you shatter hardened hearts. God, if you have to shatter phones, shatter phones. God, if God's got to drop phones in the toilet, God, drop them in the toilet. God, if people got to get in car accidents so that they'll understand that they're wrecking their life and they got to come from an inch from their life. God, do what you have to do to shatter our hearts for what shatters yours, to bring us into your grace. God, you're a good God, a loving God that wants the best for us. We are so foolish playing around with sex. God, be God. Holy, mighty, awesome, loving, merciful God that paid for our sins. God, help us to be a people that turns. We repent. We seek help. And we have long-lasting lives. We raise kids that love you, God. We have grandkids that have whole families together, three generations. God, we got to take next steps. So God, whatever them steps are, help us to figure those out. In your name we pray.